everyone and welcome back to another opening night podcast with me, your host Lauren Wharton and I am joined by the fabulous Georgie Cunningham and Adam Gannon. How are you both? Hi. <laughs> We've just been talking for ages and ages and ages now we're filming we're like, <laughs> they're quiet. So Adam and Georgie, shot the world, we're getting off. So we interviewed you last time and it was um, your preparation for going on tour and the fringe so now you've come back from the fringe how do you feel have you got the blues tired you're knackered how long did you go for two weeks no two weeks so talk me through it from start to finish did the train strikes affect you no thankfully not um we so we um we had to carpool up um, which was something we wanted to avoid with us being like a sustainable company. We were like, oh yeah, we'll go on the train. It, it won't be a problem. The train was a problem <laughs> because obviously right, we had um, the set. You have to go through all this like really long process of, of clearing it with the, the train companies and stuff to take big bulky items on. And we, it kind of came down to, well, we can take up all this space on the train with this set that is that bit of space that's kind of reserved for, you know, wheelchair access and things like that. Um, or we can stick it in, in two cars and we can get up and we can carpool. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was in the end, what we, what we opted to do. Um, and thankfully, yeah, we were, we I bet that was a, um, a long drive. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, so was stuck on the flags though. So it was, it was quite nice on the way there. It was the drive back that was depressing. Oh. And you've got the blues as well. It's horrendous, isn't it? So Mm -hmm. when you arrived, where did you stay? So we had a little flat. Um, We were in Abbey Hill, um, which is not too far out from the mile. Um, And that was lovely. It was very much like everyone in in a couple of rooms, um, which is is great. I mean, the last time we did that was probably our London run, um, which is when we were staying in the, the big church Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was us literally all on top of each other. Um, but no, it was cool. It was a really, really nice flat. Um, and it meant that we were pretty local, like pretty central as well. So got to really sort of soak it up. Um, yeah, it was awesome. So how many shows did you do while you were there? Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve, yeah. And what what was the, what was it like? Oh, crazy. I think because like... <laughs> Because we've already, like, obviously been on tour with it. I think when we actually got there, we've kind of ironed out all, like, yeah. the kinks and stuff. So, like, it was a well-oiled machine. And I think it was at a point where, like, we're not worrying about lines or how people are going to perceive it because we know it's a good show. And I think yeah. we just started to play around with it and have fun and... um. I guess explore our characters a little bit more in in the scenes, and and it kind of came alive. To be honest, it was really good. Yeah, it, like you've got you've had a chance to sort of refine it now, haven't you? Like you you can play with it all like certain ways, and you've had a chance to really really refine it. So, what was your first show like? Because obviously you've been, you like you've done it before, but like your first show with this at the Fringe, what was it like? It was the most nerve wracking of them, I think. Um, yeah. For- reasons first because obviously when this show was written it was written with the intention of taking it up to fringe in 2020 yeah Uh, and obviously because the pandemic that didn't happen and we went and did other projects and things like that but this show was it was supposed to be the the first show was supposed to be fringe yeah so 
to finally have it in Edinburgh and finally have it in that venue, like lights on, audience in, ready oh. to go. This is fringe run was like, it felt like everything that we've been working for was leading up to that moment. Yeah. Um, so it was a really big day for, for everyone that's been with the project as long as they have. Um, so that was, it kind of felt like a bit of a hold your breath moment. Um, oh. But we also had press in on the first day, which was <laughs> so, so nerve wracking. Like, um, yeah, especially when you know, like, you know, you're being judged. <laughs> like, that's the yeah. point. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I mean, we were really grateful for, for all the reviewers and the press that, um, that do the fringe especially a lot of the reviewing teams are they're all volunteer led so for them to kind of you know take the time that they do and and come and see the, the work and and give really honest feedback is is fantastic and I think reviewers don't get um enough credit for what they do yeah um but yeah no it was just a nerve-wracking experience all around but the show went well everyone came out of it like big deep breath and then I think we all went and got a drink. Um, I was going to say, yeah. what was that first drink like after opening night? But you're like, yeah. Oh. I was like, yeah. What were the audiences like? They kind of fluctuated. Um, we, As in, they were all brilliant. But in terms of numbers, you know what it's like with the fringe. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you've got like oh, got 30 people and now we've got one man that's just been pulled in off the street. Um, but no, we were actually really lucky with numbers. Um, I think a lot of fringe shows through no fault of their own um struggled with audiences this year yeah um because you know you a lot of people are still kind of coming off of that covid thing of being in you know small spaces with not a lot of ventilation and crowds and, and things like that so it was a very different fringe this year for for audiences but we yeah. were very lucky we didn't we didn't have a single run uh, a single show in the run that we didn't have um, a nice little solid audience for so yeah really grateful really grateful. I love that so what sort of time slot did you have for your shows or did it just vary it was always uh, we did it at 12 40 every day yeah um, and then obviously you've only got an hour but it's like because the fringe is so like regimented and you've got to get in and get out really yeah, quickly it's strict isn't like, it yeah, we literally got that down to like a military exercise. So every time we did it, we were in out all of our jobs, and it surprisingly went really smoothly. Yeah, because um, they're yeah. manic them get-ins, aren't they? Like especially like what was before. Yeah, did they have like a lot of set or? Uh, we had a, a show before us um, called Life Before the Line, um, which was by the Cambridge University Dramatic Dramatics Club. Um, I don't know what their set was like necessarily, um, but they they did very well. They had they had lovely big audiences. So um, really, the big crossover with that was getting their audience out and getting our set in. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it it took a bit of, of organising in the first week, but um, no, everyone was really cooperative. We got it down to a, an art in the end. Um, yeah. So yeah. You do you you do sort of get that down to like an absolute military operation, don't you? And like you don't talk, you do it. You just in and you and you're right. ready because you've got to, you've got to stick at them time scales, haven't you? So, right. is there anything that you would change, like maybe for next time, or like anything that you wish would have gone differently? Ooh. I don't know. I think because obviously the fringe this year, you couldn't have people come on the doors. Um, like they had to book in advance and online. So I think like we 
you know, there was a few occasions where people would come to the door ready to buy a ticket and they'd have to go. Oh. Um, so I, I guess, like, that's the one thing that's disappointing because people weren't necessarily aware that that was going to be the case. Mm. So it's like, we could have had more audiences and had a wider reach. And obviously, like, there is, like, you know, a bit of a special message behind this play. And the more eyes that are on it, the more beneficial it is for us and hopefully for the people watching, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to be fair, I didn't even know that. I thought you could just turn up and, and, and book, you know, like, there and then and just go straight in. I didn't know that. It was like a pre-booking thing. But I guess that's just because of the big C word. Isn't it still going like two years later? So what was it like after you finished your shows then? Did you like party hard or was it like early night ready for the next day? Little bits of both. The group kind of, um, we're a big mix of of people who want to kind of go out and people who want to stay in. So um, the whole two weeks was this kind of blur of rocking in in the early hours of the morning, but then also like, playing board games and stuff like that it was it's nice you got kind of like the best of both worlds and where to where did you two fall in those categories Adam was you going out or was you in <laughs> do you know what <laughs> I, I stayed in quite a lot I was knackered yeah um but when it got to the weekend that's like because we've got like a show you know somewhat early on like 12 40 but you've got the walk before and so you've got to get up early so you can't really like stay out till like you know, four in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when we had like a day off on the Sunday, that Saturday was like my time for like <laughs> to come out. Yeah, absolutely bladdered. <laughs> yeah, it was really I was good. the opposite. I, I was, was going to say, George, you was you the opposite. Really or the night. <laughs> <laughs> I was out every day, and then Sunday was my day to go. No, let's get an early night this time. And I, d- yeah. I don't think I did. <laughs> I think I said I was going to, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, you've got to though, and like. What was it like to network? Like, did you meet lots of like like-minded people? Yeah, yeah, we were really lucky. We had um, we had a campaign running while we were up there um, called One Fringe, One Planet, uh, which we set up about two months before the Fringe, which was basically linking up all the other sustainable theatre companies that were going up with um, kind of eco-focused work, or if people were using like sustainable practices in what they were making. So it was really cool getting to kind of meet all of all of those shows and, and go and see each other's work and stuff. That was incredible. Um, we were really lucky as well. We um, bumped into uh, Jackie Moore, who uh, runs the Beggars Theatre, which was one of our tour dates. We bumped into her um, in the loft bar one night and there was this beautiful little moment of us kind of going, is that Jackie? And Jackie was like, so, so sweet. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's been, it's been cool. Yeah, you know what? It's it's like the art bar, isn't it? But obviously on a well bigger scale. But where you're just round people that like just all know what you're on about and like you don't have to explain what you do. Like everyone just gets it. It, it I suppose it's nice, isn't it? The, the uh, what was I about to call them? The fringe blues. So yeah. badly is that you go from being like in this city with so many people that get it and are just your people and everyone's like in the same sort of world and then you kind of get picked up and dropped off in like the real world and it's a bit like oh it's all I wish it was that. like that all the time yeah oh so what have you been up to since you've come back not much. <laughs> it's it's just getting back to like reality, really. Um, 
and like constantly like thinking about it and then like I, I, I wish we were there longer but I'm looking forward to next year I definitely want to go next year so what's next like now in the pipeline well so um it's been a really busy week um for the sorry my boyfriend's bringing my laptop charger in thank you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been a really busy week for for the production team. We've um, so we've got another tour date uh, next week. We are at Liverpool Theatre Festival um, on the seventh, um, so that'll be really cool. And then we have another date at Edge Hill um, next month uh, on the sixth of October, which is really really exciting because um, that is then kickstarting um, a new kind of relationship that we have with the uni. So we're going to be working pretty closely with them on a couple of projects. Um, which is all really exciting. Oh, nice. um, and then, yeah, we're, we're back in the studio on not this Monday, next Monday, uh, basically to plan out the next year of of chaos. That'll so cure be, the blues as well. Like, having, like, something to just go, like, and put your brain to when you come back, like, cures the blues. It's like you need a holiday Absolutely. to get over a holiday. You need a show to get over a show, don't you? Especially because of, like, all the little bonds that you form while you're, like, away on tour. It's so hard to, like, recreate again, so you just need to go straight back into, like, something that's creative, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so what would you say, and I'll ask both of you, what would you say has been your best, best moment? If you could just pick one little snapshot from Fringe, what would you say? I think for me, it would probably be like, I think Fringe has always been like the sort of main thing that we've been striving towards. Obviously, we've had these other tour dates, but from the beginning, it was always meant to be Fringe. And I think taking it to an audience that are theatre lovers and they know what they're getting themselves into. And like... Some of the reactions, like, I think on, like, maybe our second or third show, uh, some woman came out to me, like, in floods of tears and was just like, thank you for putting that on, thank you for putting that on. And I was just like, like, it's only, like, in, like, moments like that where you're like, well, like, like, I I do act them for fun, but it's like, it has a more profound effect. So it it feels quite, um, quite special. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Like, you've touched her, haven't you? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, not in the physical sense, but, like, emotionally, <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> and, Georgie, what about you? What would you say yours is? Oh, I think, well, Marianne is definitely up there. Um, she was gorgeous and sent her friends to watch it a couple of days later, which is really sweet. Um, but I think, for me, probably selfishly, I think one of the better moments for me was the first I think because it was a moment that I'd kind of not replayed in my head but sort of at times wondered whether or not we were going to reach that point yeah you know with everything that was going on we had the whole pandemic things kept changing and you know there were times when I was like I don't know if this show is actually going to happen I don't know if it's ever going to get to fringe so to reach the end of that first show and just be there like hand in hand with the people that I started it with with the song that we have had, we've had the the, the ending song longer than we've had the script. <laughs> What's the ending so like song? That, um, it's The Air That I Breathe by The Hollies. Oh. Um, and it was a song that when um, me and Kate, who plays Kimmy, um, when we were going up to the Fringe in 2019, 
uh, in the coach on, on the way up, um, we were just listening to music and we were kind of working on the script around that time. And this song came up, it was just on like a random shuffle. And we both sat there and we'd been talking this whole journey and we both just stopped and just listened to it. And we were like, oh, oh God, that's like, that's it. That's the connection with the show. That's, that's the one. So that was always going to be the one that we wanted to end the show on. Um, and it's been this song that we've played and played and played Aww. just all the time. We've had it on in rehearsal rooms. We've had it on in the studio. We've had it on while we've been cooking tea, like, you know, all these kind of things. And then suddenly to actually have it and be there in that moment with the audience and the amazing production team and the brilliant cast and that song, it all just felt like it. it oh, it up. I bet you were so proud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Have you have you had a cry like a fringe? I think you've got to, haven't you? <laughs> Did you, Adam? Not yeah. I think on the final show that might be the one that yeah. gets the tears out. Yeah. You do, don't you? It's like you get like yeah. emotionally attached to a show. I, I think people who aren't sort of in our industry don't get that. Like that you you'll cry on your bow. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll they're like <laughs> But it, it, it gets you, doesn't it? And that's just, that's why you know you're meant to be doing it because you have that sort of connection with it. So just before we wrap up, what advice would you give to a theatre company that's never done Fringe before? And uh, like, um and an Arden over it, like whether they'll be able to afford it, like how do you even go about affording it? Like, what would you say? Start saving now. Yeah. Um, genuinely start saving now um we we're obviously you know we're still quite a young company and so we had this plan of how we were going to fund it and it was basically entirely relying on the arts council um to fund the tour part of it and then any profit we made through the tour hopefully would then go on to to fund fringe and that was naive and it was stupid (laughs) Um, because it can be done that way but you shouldn't ever rely on it because of course, then Arts Council didn't come through and we were then going, OK, well, we've got to find like 10 grand and we've got like six months. How are we going to do this? Um, I think fun, never be never be ashamed of fundraising. Um, there is something really important about community with theatre and people that want to support you. Not everyone can support you financially, but if they can and they want to, if that door is open, you know, make, make the most of it. Um, and don't be afraid to make things yourself and be you know secondhand and savvy about it um not least because it's it's more sustainable that way but um but also it saves saves a few pennies as well yeah but don't let it put you off it's possible it is possible was it worth it so worth it i love that oh guys it's been absolutely lovely to speak to both here again it's like we talk to each other like we've known each other years. <laughs> I love that. Um, just before you go, both drop your uh, social media handles where everyone can find the company, where you can find you too. Yes, so um, so we're on Instagram. Um, we are at tenderfoot.theatre. Um, I am uh, at georgiecunningham.tf, I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't really have any socials for like people to like in so trip me on but you know add me on Facebook if you nice. <laughs> follow me on Pixo like do you remember Pixo <laughs> <laughs> or MySpace anything that's a thing 
<laughs> Guys, thank you so, so much. Thank you. And Thanks hopefully our paths will cross again. Cheers. Thanks, thank guys. You. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gents, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Opening Nights. Our next production is coming very soon, so be sure to get subscribed wherever you're listening and visit our website, www.openingnights.co.uk, to stay updated. Bye for now.